Before we get started, I have a question for you. Do you like podcasts? Of course you do. Otherwise, this would be a wasted exercise. Well, why aren't you doing one yourself? It's not that hard. You can promote a cause, promote your business, or just let those nonsensical rantings between you and your friends flow out. We make the process very easy at Eau Claire Hometown Media, and it only costs a couple hundred dollars. That's right, a fraction of the price to advertise on radio or TV, and you control 100% of the message. Just reach out to us here at Eau Claire Hometown Media for a no-obligation meeting. We'll tell you everything you need to know about getting your own podcast off the ground, and we will help you promote it as well. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. Scott Montesano with you. And Jerry Keel across the way. Uh, Jerry, another beverage and two guests on this edition. We have two great guests today, Scott. We have Jake Rooney and Stacy Zeman from Rooney Farms. They're going to be talking to us today about, uh, I guess, the new age of agriculture and how uh, their operation has grown and uh, their impact and hopefully their um, thoughts about where agriculture is going in the future. Uh, so that'll be exciting. But today, for those of you who are listening, is St. Patrick's Day. And so we're going to have a beverage that's fitting of the day, and we're going to be having Guinness Stout. And it's also kind of a, a really uh, nod to technology because the beer that I have today has nitrogen tablets in. And if you've never had beer with nitrogen before, most beer ha- is carbonated with CO2. And it's a it's a not to get over over crazy here, but it's a bigger bubble and it's a little more harsh. A nitrogen bubble is much smaller and very smooth. So when you drink the beer with under nitrogen, it will have a much more smooth, almost velveting feel to the mouth. So it's a very unique to, to Guinness. Um, and there's a whole uh, history behind Guinness and a whole fabric of it in Ireland. I've been to both the brewery in Dublin and the one in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And uh, it's it's really a neat operation. It's very touristy, of course. It's now open owned, I think, by Imbev out of uh, South Africa. So it's not it's kind of strayed a bit from its Irish roots. But uh, if you're ever in Ireland, uh, the northern two thirds of the country is all Guinness, and the southern third of the country is Murphy's, which is a stout out of Cork. And one bar cannot serve both. And there's a whole process of how you have to pour it and the whole thing. But it is what it is. So. We'll get going. I'll start the beer, and you can bring our guests on board. All right. Well, why don't we let the two uh, introduce them, uh, introduce themselves, and tell us uh, a little bit about uh, yourselves and the farm. Well, my name is Stacy Zeman, and I'm actually from Bloomer, Wisconsin, and I've been with the farm for 13 years now. Yep, I'm Jake Rudy, um, and I am from a little bit from Bloomer. Um, been in Chippewa for the majority of my life. And I've been back with the farm since college now. Um, I guess I came back the fall of 18, I think. So I've been back for two and a half years or so. And what got you guys involved with uh, the farm? Uh, my, f- my family, it's, kind of, it's a family farm, so um, it's kind of always been something that I've, my family's done and I've been interested in doing. Um, I went to college for it. Um, 
it was kind of my my hope was that I was going to get to come back and and join the family farm and see where we can take it. Yeah, and I actually um, I knew Karen Rooney, and my daughter and Karen's daughter grew up playing basketball together. And she actually approached me one day and asked if I'd be interested. And at that time, I was uh, part time home with my kids, part time doing odd jobs. And uh, it was a great fit. It started out a couple days a week, and it went to three, to four, to full time. So, <laughs> in a very short period. <laughs> but while uh, while Jerry pours the beer, and when it's Guinness, you got to take your time with that. Uh, as we sit here, uh, still the, the the first quarter of uh, of 2021. Uh, how are things going for farms uh, right now? Everybody always hears uh, for, for people that don't. Uh, aren't very attached to agriculture. They're either hearing things are great or they're hearing things are bad, depending on day to day, but I'm sure it's always somewhere in between. Yeah, I would say um, overall 2020 was kind of a breath of fresh air for the agriculture industry. Um, you know, farmers were finally able to put something back in their pockets after a few years. Um, and I think everyone feels quite confident going into 21 um, that we, we have potentially another chance to do it again. Um, you know, markets look strong so far. Um, of course, that's always up in the air and a little unpredictable, but um, I think everybody's excited for the 21 growing season. We had a pretty mild winter, sets us up for a nice uh, a nice spring to kick things off. Early spring. Yeah. Now, what is the main, uh, the main product at uh, Rooney Farms? Uh, we grow a few different things. We grow... Um, Corn, soybeans, kidney beans, um, some alfalfa, and then we uh, mess around with some small grains, some rye, and some um, oats, and a little bit of barley and wheat once in a while. And what is uh, what's the main thing you do over there, uh, Stacy? I'm the office manager, so uh, name it. I'm pretty <laughs> much I'm pretty much the head bean counter, the head corn counter, um, payroll. Uh, he's got multiple his fingers in multiple different companies and so he has a grain facility i'm in charge of that um not in charge of the actual grain facility but anything coming in and out of that facility is all on my shoulders um so as the old saying goes it, 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 you do everything but put the actual uh, seeds in the ground <laughs> that's kind of true <laughs> <laughs> all right well the 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 beers have been poured and oh that looks thick you, no, <laughs> it, 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 it's deceptive scott have you ever had, you've had guinness before i have actually never had a guinness I've really? had lots of stouts, but I've never had a Guinness. Oh, it's Me neither. I've totally never had Okay, one. well, let's uh, click them and drink them, folks. Right. Cheers. Oh, what a great way to have St. Patrick's, Patrick's Day. Day. Well, see, Jerry, of all the beers you've introduced me to, you didn't think you were going to introduce me to a Guinness. Oh, it's smooth. It is. Very good. Oh, yeah, that is very smooth. That is not very thick. No, and actually, it's, it's relatively low calorie compared to most beer. Really? really? Yeah. So you think it's going to be thick, and you... Let me see that box. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, da -da 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 -da. Where's the... I don't think... It, that doesn't say... It's not like uh, packaged like it normally would, but it's like 130 calories. Not bad. Yeah. Really? Shoot, that's less than uh, most... Uh, Light beers. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, you can have <laughs> some that have some taste, has a little history yes. to it. Um, so, once again, banker with the beer, delivering information that not the <laughs> average person knows. So, And, again, introducing uh, of all these fancy beers and the uh, the Belgian beers you've really gotten me onto, it's a, it's a Guinness. It's that a you also <laughs> That's why you're here, Scott, and I'm here for you. Uh, before we uh, continue on there, do you, what, what is your guys' beer of choice? 
Oh, you know, I'm I'm a local girl, so Bloomer Beer, we like to head up there and have a couple of beers after work or on the weekends. It's kind of a local community establishment, mm-hmm. craft beer. Mm-hmm. I would say I'm like a like a weed ale kind of kind of a guy. I I, I don't mind screwing around with some of the um, the micros and and trying new things, but that's typically the direction I lean towards is is sort of an unfiltered wheat or a um, sort of a blondie wheat ale type beer. Nice. Yeah, actually, uh, well, Guinness has a honey wheat too, but um, so more of like an IPA, which has more of the unfiltered. Um, yeah, the, we, this summer we might go into those. I never. Uh, I'm getting more into the called the, the hazy IPAs which are really tasty. They don't have quite the bite of the hop. You know, some of these folks is like, you know, double hop them and triple hop them. And at some point it's like you can chew on. It's like, man, <laughs> just such a, anyway, we won't go, go, go all beer geek on us. But um, anyway, thanks again for coming on board. Uh, I wanted to start with this with, with both of you. I mean, farming in 2021 isn't anything like it was probably 10 or 15 years ago and something like 40 years ago. Um, Tell me a little bit about what you need to be a successful farmer in the 21st century. um, You know, I think it just depends. Um, There's there's lots of different ways to succeed, as in any business. Um, And I think, you know, what's a little bit unique about farming is that um, (laughs) you see all waves make it just because Mm -hmm. they're doing it different. You know, and maybe not necessarily up with the times doesn't mean that they're going to fail. Um, there's lots of people that still farm the way we did 25 years ago or 30 years ago and do a good job of it <coughs> and run a successful, you know, small business doing so. Um, that said, um, you know, we, we take a little bit more of a progressive approach at things. Um, try to stay up with the times um, and on top of all the technology that's come into play. Um, you know, and that takes um, a lot of willingness from our employees to learn as things change. You know, we've got lots of, you know, we've got a couple employees that are 15, 20 year employees um, that have been farming their whole lives that are 50 plus years old that, um, you know, w- without an open mind um, and the willingness to learn some of these new things, you know, we, we, they just wouldn't work. Um, and so I think having a good support team um, people, you know, keeping employees that have an open mind, willingness to learn, um, and just being open to change, um, as the industry progresses and as new technology comes into play, um, is, is probably a pretty good, pretty good grounds to build a foundation off of. I was just going to say, uh, along the same lines, we have a gentleman that's been with us for 18 years and it, there was no way you were going to get him to use anything but a flip phone. And that was it. And that was <laughs> his only means of communication. If you didn't call it. He wasn't answering it, um, and now he's graduated up to an iPhone. He's doing really well with it. So, I mean, it's something that you learn as you go. Well, something that, that your, your farming operation is, you know, unique to the area given its size and given the integration. I mean, you, you, you grow your, your, your grain, you store your grain, you transport the grain. I understand now you, in your Texas operation, you're not just, just Chippewa County in the area. I mean, you've got land here. You've got land in... I think Trempolo County and probably Northern La Crosse County. Um, I know you have a, a beef operation in Texas. I mean, you guys mm-hmm. are into a lot of different things. Uh, why the, all the integration? I'm, a, I, I'm assuming it's more efficient. I'm assuming it's more profitable. But uh, tell me about that. I would say a lot of that stems off of 
Um, so our, currently we farm in, in, here in Chippewa County <clears throat> and then um, down in, in Illinois. Um, and so th those are kind of our two, two main hubs for, for row crops. Um, and then we've got some cows in Texas and here. And, um, and, the, and the, they're a little bit separate of one another. We work hand in hand up here um, because a lot of what we do, you know, they either use some of our products or we do some of the farming that they need done in order to keep the cows fed. Um, and so it works good up here to work side by side. Down in Texas, we have no, no farming. We hire it all done. Um, you know, I, I think a lot of the sort of that in integration or diversification or maybe diversification is a better word to use. It's, mm -hmm. it's, <coughs> it's that, um, a lot of, when, when things get slow in one side, they pick up in others Ten and, and, um, and the, the grain market and the cattle market tend to be opposite of each other. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I think that was, that was part of it. Um, you know, getting our fingers in each basket, um, to try and pick up the slack when one seems to fall short. Um, the other is my, my dad's just been a, a, a cattleman his whole life. He's, he's always been interested in it. Um, and I think he's just, I don't know, always kind of wanted that to be part of his, part of his, uh, gig. And Steve, Stan, a part of your position, along with all the hats you wear there is you, you're in the, the futures market, you're, you're, you're forward buying and, and how, how does that part of the operation work? I mean, from someone who grew up in Bloomer to all of us be working with the egg commodity markets and yeah. uh, Chicago Board of Trade. I mean, that's something that you don't uh, cover in your, um, your, your high school uh, economics course. Not at all. That was a learn as you go process as well. Um, actually, Steve and Jake, once in a while, they'll contact and they'll do the um, actual bartering is that what you want to say buying and, buying and trading i guess so then at that point then i turn around and make sure that we have the product on hand how much we have on hand when is it going what month is it going in and you know i keep all those records as well and then turn around and contact the the hedging fund people and you know do the do the money side of things you know that's wire them the funds they wire me the funds back whatever it takes to keep that operation rolling for that for that future there's lots of transactions and a lot of times my dad and i can get our heads a little cloudy and so we lean on her to keep everything straight as far as what we've done so far what we're communications to do. key man <laughs> communication <laughs> well, and, how, and one thing that, that struck me i mean and farmers to me in, in such a way are amazing people because as a banker there's a lot i like control so i like to be able to control you know, we know what our cost of our money is. I know what the, you know, what I'm having loans at or whatever. You know, there's my spread and I can pretty much hang, hang with that. I mean, you've got the weather to contend with. Mm -hmm. You know, you don't irrigate everything or more. But so mm -hmm. you, you plant and you hope, but I mean, you have too much rain or too little rain at the right time or whatever. Yields fly all over the place. And in, in case that, I mean, you can, you can, you know, you can outsource, you know, the seed. You can outsource the fertilization. You can tell when you're going to do such such a things. But a lot of it's it's out of your hands. And then on top of that, so then, then the markets are kind of all independent because if you're having a great year oftentimes people around you are having a great year which pushes right. the prices down but on the flip side if, you know if you're having a poor year so of other people and, and then uh, prices are, are much higher but you don't have the product and then at the end of the year you got to figure out when you're going to sell yes you know and, and <laughs> today or tomorrow or next week because the things are always in flux yes how do you do all that yeah it's it's uh it's a uh, 
I'm not sure what the word is I want to say. There's a lot of year-end stuff that we try to figure out. Like it's, we have like three, four weeks. We really try to figure out what we're budgeting for, for the next year. Um, what we need to do now versus the next year, you know, what we need to take care of year-end. Um, I think it's finding a balance between greed and, well, and just being realistic. Um, a lot of times, <coughs> you know, th- take this year as a, as a fine example. The soybean markets made a almost seven dollar run, which is which is a hundred percent almost of of what we what we started at when we put the seed in the ground last spring, and we have seen red numbers in the soy in our in our soybean budgets for four years in a row probably now, um, and so <laughs> when we when we started getting into black numbers, it was. We we started making sales, um, you know. So of course we didn't sell anything at the top. We sold a lot for a pro- all of it for a profit. And at the end of the day, you got to look back and say, I think we're I think we <laughs> we we, we get, you got to count your wins when you when you get them, you know. Nope. Um, and uh, so yeah, I don't know, just finding a balance between greed and being realistic about things and and a lot of that goes off of um what she was just talking about with year end you know at least knowing where you're at knowing when the logical (laughs) time to make a sale is because you know you can make some money at that at that point um you know and that's where a lot of farmers are sitting i think right now looking at you know cash prices for this fall looking at a lot of black numbers saying well it may be time to price it. Yeah, you know, we 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 could lose out on another dollar of upside, but we could also mm-hmm. pick two dollars of downside up. You know, and, and that's what that's what we did too. It was like you were we were trying to decide when to sell, and they were good numbers. And but of course they kept raising. <laughs> so, you know, you you take the good, take the bad. Well, we're halfway through our beers, and we're halfway through this edition of Banker with a Beer. We'll take a break. We'll come back more right after this. And we continue on with Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank. Uh, Scott and Jerry with you, and Jerry brought along a uh, a well-known beer uh, today. It's a Guinness Extra Stout. Uh, it's their draft can, and as we talked earlier in the program, the, calf, the draft can has a nitrogen tablet, and so when you open the top, it actually explodes the nitrogen to the beer, and so then when you pour it out, it kind of comes with this very creamy foam and then you let it for a minute or two let it settle out and it comes into this beautiful black beverage with a head on it but on you know as as we realized here is Guinness even though it might look as though it's just this deep heavy beer it's actually relatively light and relatively low calorie the low calorie is the one that really surprises you it's a little bit again as we said before it's it's less than uh, most uh, light beers but it definitely does not drink like a uh, like a light beer uh, we've got two guests with us as well. Uh, we're kind of branching out as far as uh, uh, the industries we're talking about, but it is one of the f- one of the bedrock industries of our entire society. Definitely, and, and I, I trying to be well-rounded in who we present here. And I realize we have not done justice to the egg industry, and so I wanted to reach out to a client who I felt that does a great job in the egg world and maybe get their insight just basically and what they do, but then where they see the future going. So we have Jake Rooney and Stacy Zeman here from Rooney Farms and kind of uh, giving us an education on farming in 2021. Why don't you guys give us an idea of the work day? Everybody always thinks of the, of the farmer uh, up, up at four and uh, 
asleep at 3.59 in the morning and, <laughs> and, that, and that, that, that sort of day. But, but give us an idea of what the, the work day is. Yeah, so, I mean, we, we have pretty different work days. I think it's always something different um, for our guys, um, especially out in the field. You know, it depends on the time of the year in the, in, the, in the spring season. Pretty much spring through fall, we spend almost every day in a tractor out in the field um, going through our crops, going across over the crops with a, with a fertilizer application, um, with some sort of weed control application, <coughs> um, so on and so forth. Um, and then in the winter months, we typically, those are more preparatory um, we kind of get all of our equipment cleaned up and maintenance and serviced and prepped for the coming season, and then we haul, haul grain to market. Um, and I would say Stacy can probably give you a little insight on what goes on inside the office. Uh, my day pretty much starts with um, going out in the shops. You know, everyone is, if they need anything, what they need me to take care of that day for them if needed. Um, it's a lot of time cards. It's a lot of um, load ticket loads from what went out of the facility that day. Um, it's a lot of mail. <laughs> There's a lot of mail. I actually beg Jake to help me out once in a while. <laughs> and it's payroll. It is, it's, it's just amazing how I can go through my day and go, I didn't get anything done today. I can't believe I didn't get anything done today. It's just, you know, wherever you're needed, you're just put on that hat for that time and, and take care of it. So how much of farming or ag business this year I, I know you folks are are located along highway 53 and in, in tilden um and you have a big storage facility there as, as well so that gives you a little bit more flexibility that you don't have to necessarily sell on you know the ways if you harvest you Correct. can you can work the market a little bit which is a, which is a huge help but i'm assuming you know do you need like internet access and how good is it there as opposed to you know that, that some of these things that i think those of us who live in town take for granted how do you run a modern business are you able to have the infrastructure out there as you know someone who is maybe you know 20 miles out of town they're working on the land but don't really have access to the sorts of technology and the conduits uh, that they'd have other other places when steve first started the grain facility um xl energy came to is it the s mm -hmm. So it came up to us. Excel actually ran it out to our facility and anybody along that whole route on queue. So we were very lucky to be tied in at that point. Otherwise, we would have had to have propane LP brought in. in For natural gas. Uh, natural product. gas, yeah. correct. And it would, yeah, so we were very fortunate that that was one of the. Anyway. <laughs> I, I, yeah, um, I, I would say we're close enough to town. Um, <clears throat> we're maybe more fortunate than farmers elsewhere, the Dakotas, um, you know, kind of Tornado Alley there, um, or even some, some places in central Illinois are, are, I would say, further behind than we are. Um, you know, we have access to high-speed Internet and mm -hmm. all the utilities we need there, mm -hmm. there at our, our location. And I would say, as a generalization, m most people in the greater Chippewa Valley probably fall under relatively similar circumstances and that to run a um to run a modern business it's it's, it's you can, i mean there's look look at the times that we're in now there's lots of people running their business from home right right i mean you know and granted some of those people live in town but some lots of people don't too you know well and also i know the other technology that that i've seen that it's just amazing is what's in a modern tractor 
uh, this, these GPS where it can understand where everything is planted and plant with the, the, the exact distance between seed and seed. And, you know, part of the reason the yields have gone up, I understand, is that we've just gotten so much more efficient in how we plant. And then, you know, you know what's planted and where it's planted and, and the topography of, of the ground and then also the soil content. In some parts of the field, they are, it's not necessarily uniform from point to point. Some parts that need, you know, more fertilizer, some people have less, want to have better drainage, less drainage. And, um, and I've got uh, one of uh, my clients uh, always enjoys the, the point of, you know, the, especially when he's got a, a good yield to go through as she's going through the crop, there are, are, are meters on the harvesters that'll actually give them a pretty good estimate of, you know, how, um, what the, the yield is off this portion as it's coming in. And when the, when the needle starts going into the high zone, it's, 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 I just smile and it just, <laughs> it's, it's a really great feeling. Um, this is far different than when I helped out on the farm years ago and was still pitching hail barrels up in the, the, the top of a hayloft. Mm -hmm. um, things have made tremendous growth. Jake, from your perspective, as someone who's, who's been taught, I mean, how do you use this technology in, 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 a, in a way that just, you know, maximizes your earnings? Yeah, so that's something that we were talking a little bit about um, earlier, just Stacy and I. <clears throat> There's technology to me has afforded the industry efficiencies that, that you otherwise probably would not um, I don't think there's any way that you would, you'd have, you know, you, you talk about the seed placement, each, each row unit on all of our planters has an electric motor that's, that controls exactly when each single seed is placed at whatever speed you choose to go. And it's all based off of a prescription that we write in our computers and send to each tractor for each farm, for each field. And, and, and we, we generate those prescriptions based on a couple different things, on soil fertility from, um, from soil sampling um, and then from a normalized yield. So we take, say, the last seven years, our, our yield averages across the whole farm, and we say, all right, this part of the farm is only going to produce X amount of bushels, and this part of the farm is going to produce X plus amount of bushels. Um, and we generate these prescriptions like so um and it's 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 a little bit amazing we've got a we've got an old drill that we use to seed like oats and some small grains with like i was talking about before um and it it doesn't have any of the modern technology and and it's amazing when we're even just planning on you know a couple hundred acres of of, of oats how much extra seed how much extra inputs you need when you don't have those those efficiencies you know i mean we 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 were we missed our mark on seed last year um, on oats by like 12, 14 percent. Um, and when you start putting those numbers into, you know, a, a sizable amount of acres on corn, you know, and oats is a relatively cheap crop to grow. You put, you start putting those numbers into corn and soybean acres at a larger scale with, you know, um, more dollars invested, it, it becomes a, a pretty serious number, you know. Um, and I think those are some of the efficiencies that like I said, that, that technology has afforded the agricultural industry. I know another challenge that I, I see with farming in this era is that you need to get bigger. And obviously, you know, the, 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 the capital costs more, you know, seed bought in, in bulk is, is less expensive. Uh, equipment in you know, larger piece of equipment, I mean, obviously the, 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 the bigger area you farm and the more intense you farm it, 
the better off you are. But something else we've got going on here a little bit is that as climate change is occurring a bit, um, is that how's that impacting how you plant? Is that allowing you to be able to, you know, get more yield, get more days? I mean, are you seeing it kind of in from year to year? I mean, in your records of, of your uh, land, is the climate impacting it? And if, if so, to the good or to the bad, or it's just a change? Um, I guess I guess my opinion would be a majority of what Im- impacts our plant data up here obviously is 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 soil soil temperature and as soon as the soil reaches temperature we we can begin to plant um you know you, I don't know that as you look back our <coughs> planting window has changed plant to harvest window has changed um drastically um you know potentially a few days one way or another or maybe a week um I think the biggest impact on our increase in yield and um, production has been the advancement of genetics um, in 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 modern day hybrid corn corn and soybean hybrids. Um, it's something that we talk about amongst um, other farmers all the time. It's 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 amazing. Even in the last ten years, what what <coughs> hybrids have done um, to protect that plant and to help it produce you know maximize its potential production potential. Um, it's it's that that's played probably the biggest role does it get is it more independent than a weather i mean so so is something more drought resistant or more you know how does that all all play out yeah drought disease um disease is a pretty big one um it's it just it's it's, it seems to me that it's a lot harder to have a total failure nowadays um than it maybe otherwise had been you know back in the day if you will um you know, there's lots of people that throw around the idea of not even buying crop insurance anymore. Because you look back, and f- we were we were just having this conversation last week. You look back over the last, um, we look back over the last ten years, premium paid in versus loss collected on, and and in Chippewa County, we're no doubt at a net negative number. Um, you know, and I think that's just because our a couple things. Number one, we have. Um, situated ourselves we've you know gotten rid of less productive farms picked up more productive farms kind of narrowed our circle down into to you know something that we can control quite well Um, and it's and it's the the like I said kind of the genetics and the seed itself is is so strong um, and so hardy that you just it's 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 without a true natural disaster it's hard to see a total loss or or um, or something of the like. Stacy, got a question for you. Mm-hmm. So, uh, as a mother with children, I know your daughter is a great athlete and, and bloomer <laughs> I, over the years. Would you, in today's day, would you encourage your children to go into farming? Oh boy, that's a tough <laughs> one. It depends. Um, you need a lot of capital these days. Like you said, the small dairy farm is very different than somebody stepping into a larger crop farming. I think more or less the dairy farm is, is kind of fading and the crop farm is getting stronger. People are going more to the crop side of things. Would I encourage it? So uh, 
long story is when I first started, when my husband and I got married, he was kind of thinking about possibly wanting to farm because that's what he grew up doing. And I, I, I was a farm girl myself, but I was the farm girl that was also the farm hand. We milked 150 cows every morning, every night. We fed them. We, you know, we fed them. We did, I mean, it was three girls and we pretty much took care of a lot of this ourselves. So when I got married, I said, I am not farming. I refused to farm, and then here I am today. <laughs> but um, I guess I really wouldn't, I don't think my children had any thought process as to farming that was not ever in their vocabulary. It was never something that they grew up doing like I have, like Jake has. I think it's different. It's If you grow up in it, you it's just bred in you for some reason. And then, you know, if you're not, if you're not around it, you don't have, you don't know that that kind of work ethic you don't know that kind of um labor sometimes you know like you said putting the hay bales up in the hay mow I mean, we were pulling them off the bit yeah it was three girls we were doing it all so i always i always said i'm never going to do this again i'm never marrying a farmer and then <laughs> here we are today i'm not doing that labor anymore but you know i i don't know i don't know if i would actually encourage that or not it depends on what kind of farm they're going to get into jake how about you i think it just has to be something that y- you truly believe deep down that you want to do. Um, you have to have a passion for, um, you know, uh, I think I would encourage anybody to chase your dreams. If it's something that you feel confident mm-hmm. <clears throat> in your ability to succeed at, good point, you know, that yep. you should sure try. Um, but you're right. It, it's a, it's a, it's a lot of work. Um, lots of ups, lots of downs. Um, if you didn't have this today to step into and, and be you know, help run, it would be very hard. Yeah. Very yeah. hard. So Very that's difficult. why that's why I say you just really I think you just really have to have have a passion for it. Uh-huh. And I, I mean, you know, even looking at the operation that we're both involved in today, agree. Um, w- with without the right amount of passion um, for the industry, um, I, you know, I I don't think that you could just take a businessman and throw him in the in the in the driver's seat and say mm-hmm. take this and run with it. You know, and that's why I think it's I, I find you know the the the, the controversial corporate farm. Um, sort of I don't know if you want to just call it a term um you know everybody's everybody kind of talks about you know corporate farms are taking over America and I and I think maybe to an extent that I think there's some of that that happens there's there's no denying that but I I also don't think in the end without somebody that truly has a passion for farming and for the industry um I don't. I don't. I don't think without somebody that without somebody like that involved, you're ever, the, you know, corporate America is ever going to be able to run mm-hmm. run a farm. All right. Before we let you go, I got I got a buddy down in Iowa. He says one of the best parts about farming for him is all the toys he gets to play with. <laughs> so, what is your favorite toy that you get to play with? I would say my favorite job is probably sitting in the combine in the fall, watching 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 your yield monitor. <laughs> your buddy was right. That is. Uh, can be some of the best in the worst days, no doubt. <laughs> uh, Jerry, any last thoughts? I'm doing well. I just, uh, I, I'm just. Of course, you're doing well. You finished your. I beer. finished my. Well, so did you, Scott. So it's <laughs> <laughs> the crew here. No, it. I just have to have. You know, I think we, as those of us and myself, particularly who live in town, grew up in town, I helped out at the farm for relatives over the years. I just owe a debt to the the farm families who do keep us fed and mm-hmm. uh, we take that for granted. I mean, when you look at, you know, the percentage of people actually involved in agriculture, which is one, two percent of the population, yet 
what we rely on them to be able to consume. So when you show up at your restaurant and you show up at your grocery store, the stocks, the, the shelves are always full. Mm -hmm. And not only do we just feed our country, but we feed a big chunk of the entire world through exports. And I, you know, we didn't even talk about that as being part of things going on. Um, it, it, to me, it's, it's just a wonderful part of our world. And those of us here in Wisconsin who grew up with farming, either your family or, um, you know, our neighbors, uh, kids who went to school with you, uh, I think it's something that I, I hope it always stays part of our fabric because it, there's something to be gained from that farming life and uh, the ethic that comes from it. Absolutely. No doubt. Well, that'll do it for this week's edition of Banker with a Beer, presented by Northwestern Bank.